This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, this is Betting Weekly, Extra Time, Serie Edition. We don't usually deal with minus points on this show. It's all about plus and profit. But the news that Juventus have been handed a 15-point deduction for false accounting has had serious ramifications to the futures market for the Italian top flight. You're with Dan Roebuck and freelance Italian football journalist Daniele Fisichella. Daniele, just explain, first of all, what has happened at Juve. Juventus minus 15, they've been found uh, guilty of uh, obtaining artificial gains through plus valence, so through the swap of players at a value that it was not considered the real market value. And by, by doing that, they boosted their accounting, they boosted their finances. The federal prosecutor uh, convicting them based on some of the proof that the criminal prosecutor found and some of the phone recordings and the phone tappings. This is only the second degree of judgment. Of course, Juventus are going to appeal. It could only be uh, a long, long uh, procedure. It, it might be the tip of the iceberg. Uh, other teams could be involved. Obviously, this is not the end of the story. At the moment, Juventus have been deducted 15 points, of course, and they are outside the Champions League, outside of the Europa League and Conference League. So basically, they are uh, mid-table, but definitely we're going to hear more about it in the weeks to come. They are plus 3,000 to win the title. Now, that factors in an appeal, really, because a successful appeal as well, because otherwise you could stick a couple of zeros on the end of that. I mean, if there was to be an appeal, could they restore the 15 points for this season? How do you see that going or Would it take quite some time? And as far as this season is concerned, it is going to be minus 15. In terms of this first judgment that has been uh, given last Friday, it could be that some of the points get uh, given back to Juventus, but I think it's unlikely that they're going to get back all the 15 points unless they are able to prove that... uh, the procedures of the sentencing and the way the proof that were acquired was not right. Uh, there were some technicalities, etc. But it's going to be complicated. There are also not, there is also another line of inquiry linked to how they spread the payment of the wages during COVID and how they did not account for some of those payments, which also could bring more points deduction and maybe relegation to Serie B. 
Oh my word! Um, again, from a bet <laughs> again, yes. <laughs> from a we- betting point of view here, I mean, week by week, what do we expect to happen to Juventus? Are they going to bounce back? Are they going to crumble? Are they going to lose players? The January transfer window, we've only got a few more days left of it. I see Weston McKinney's been linked with Leeds. That one may well be over the line by the time this podcast goes up. I mean, what, what do you think might happen in the sort of short term? Because from a betting angle. Betters might think, right, I'm going to oppose Juventus. I'm going to see if they're going to lose players. What do you think might happen? I think in terms of sporting objectives, Juventus have said that very, very clear they want to continue basically in the same run that they had despite the defeat at Napoli. So they are, in theory, well on course even to qualify for the Conference League or to the Europa League based on recent form. I think they will probably take every cautious off. The shackles will be over. They think they're going to play a little bit more up front, a little bit more expansive football. Probably we see less clean sheets, I would imagine. They need to go for it. After all, they got nothing to lose. In terms of players, yeah, I think one or two players they probably might leave Juventus because yes, of course, without the Champions League inside, it doesn't really make sense to have such a big roster when your finances are not that healthy. So probably Weston McKenney, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, leaves. We're still waiting to see whether Pogba might be back from his uh, long-term injury. But yeah, same thing in terms of if you look at Juventus games from now on, I would say expect a little bit more uh, goals, a little bit more actions. I mean, Juventus-Atalanta was electric, 3-3, great game. So definitely the nervous reaction from Juventus was definitely there. Let's not forget, this was a team that has not been impressive in the first 19 games of the season. So don't expect them to out of a sudden uh, win 19 games in a row. Going to be interesting to follow Juventus. Going to be interesting to see how they get on both on and off the pitch. And Daniele has included the Juventus Monza game in the parlay that we will get to at the end of the podcast. We've got four picks from Daniele to come first and foremost. We're going to kick off with a game on Saturday afternoon in Italy, 9am Eastern. It's Empoli against Torino. Empoli plus 225. Torino plus 145. The draw plus 210. Just one point separating these two. Torino one place higher. I thought that Empoli... Might be favourites, might be joint favourites here. Paolo Zanetti's side, of course, off the back of that really good win at Inter. Why aren't they favourites, Daniele, for this one? I can't understand it and why the, the odds are so favourable to Torino. I can only explain it by pedigree. Torino is a bigger team, bigger club. They've got bigger objectives uh, this season. You know, they are in the quarterfinals of Coppa Italia. But yeah, I can't really understand it why. I think it would be uh, should be much, much closer. Last season, maybe uh, Empoli, they were very bad at home. They had a very bad home form, but this season has been much better than four of the last uh, five. So it is really inexplicable why Torino are so favourite because also the midweek, they go back to Florence where they won last weekend. It was the first win since 1976 in Florence and they played the quarterfinals of the Coppa Italia. Now, this is a great chance for Torino to advance to the semifinals and then meet the winner of Roma, Cremonese. So really, uh, with the also Juventus being deducted points, the opportunity of going back to Europe are absolutely in sight for uh, for Torino. Well, it's going to be interesting one, this, because obviously Paolo Zanetti as well goes back to one of the clubs that he played for. He had a fair spell at Torino in his playing days. Now, we're not going to tip Empoli to win, although I think it might be a fair bet. You have gone for goals sort of in this game. Explain your selection, Daniele. 
I went for both to score, which pays minus 109 because, uh, by the way, Empoli were fantastic at the San Siro. Second ever win in the history after 2004. That was another 1-0 at Inter. And they are a team set up for keeping the ball for attacking. They're a very young team, sometimes uh, naive, but they're also very exciting. And this kind of games, you know, we saw uh, with under Paolo Zanetti last season at Venezia as well. Uh, he's a manager that likes to to take the game onto uh, the opposition. So I can't expect an Empoli to be a cagey. Uh, they got Baldanzi in great form. Uh, Parisi unfortunately suspended, but they got other good players, Satriano up front as well. They are only three points away from Europe. Uh, so, you know, really they are with a chance to produce one of the biggest surprises of Italian uh, football this season. Unbeaten in five, as I said, won four, four of the last five at home in the reverse fixtures was 1-1 and Torino on the other hand they were really impressive last Saturday dominated Fiorentina for over an hour another goal for Miranchuk already the fourth goal of this season so he started leaving his mark Torino still lack the number nine the big striker since they sold Belotti but I think they are making that up with a very good style of football when everything clicks. Um, it's a big week for Torino. No doubt about it. As I said, they're only two points behind Udinese. So for them also, Europa League really, really close. And the big quarterfinal Coppa Italia uh, against Fiorentina. Only two defeats in the last 10 for Torino, who also beat Milan away in Coppa Italia not long ago. Both to score. I think it could be, it could be an interesting one. So minus 109 for this one. Both teams to score, yes, minus 109. Both teams to score, yes, in eight of Torino's 10 away games in Serie A this season has copped. And just maybe we'll get some regression when it comes to Empoli conceding goals. Their expected goals against figure is 30.2. They've only actually conceded 22. So we expect those two figures to get a little bit closer. And, and you know by why? The the season. Go on. Because they got Viviano. Viviano is one of the best keepers in Italy. I think I mentioned in the previous podcast, Bayern Munich were interested in him. Uh, no doubt about it, Viviano is going to go into a big club next season. Last season, he was outstanding. He saved Empoli many, many times, and he's doing the same uh, this season. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes you know, the expected goals, they don't lie. Remember what we said about Juventus and their expected goals before the Napoli game? Well, then they got City <laughs> 5. He only takes for a team to take the chances a little bit better. And out of a sudden, that defense of Empoli, which is not the most experienced, might crumble. So that's why I expect goals. Both teams to score, yes, minus 109 in that fixture. Let's move on to the game at 6 o'clock local on Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern in the States. It's Cremonese against Inter. Obviously, Cremonese, without a win in the league this season, are the outsiders at plus 550. Inter, short price favourites, minus 200. The draw, plus 360. Inter only fifth after that loss to Empoli. I mean, surely they're not going to miss out on top four. There's no prices on the Bet Rivers website, incidentally, at the moment when it comes to top four. I think everyone's waiting to see what happens with appeals with Juventus and so on and so forth. So that's understandable. But they have been quick to get out the blocks this season, generally. I mean, they they need to win this one, Daniel. Six defeats in 19 games, Dan. It's an appalling record for a team that last season were one point behind from Milan. And this season, they were tipped to be the favourites to win uh, the league alongside uh, Juventus. You know, it's been it's been really disappointing. And against Empoli, they look tired. I think Inzaghi made mistakes after the Super Cup win in Riyadh against Milan, 3-0. 
he should have made more changes to the starting eleven. You know, six hours on the plane and back to Riyadh midweek, and then the play on, on on Monday evening. He should have been given the opportunities to other players from the start, and he stuck with the same eleven pretty much. Then they went down to ten men. Screener got sent off. Screener agent had a brilliant idea of saying during the game that this uh, player is going to join PSG. So that obviously <laughs> going to answer. So he's so very Inter. You know, you win a trophy and then you ruin it everything uh, three days. <laughs> After they're gonna be without Barella for this when he's suspended, things don't look up, they don't look great. Although you might argue, well, against Milan, they were great, they won 3 0. I think they did struggle to find uh, the continuity uh, this season, and somehow against certain, a certain kind of teams, they become very predictable. There are teams that can read Inter very, very well, and Empoli was one of them. And all of a sudden, the, the goals dried up. Maybe there is also lack of creativity from Inzaghi. He always make the changes man role for role. He could have tried something else when they were done to 10 men. So uh, also we have to consider 20 goals conceded away this season for Inter. Third uh, worst defence, but I still back them for this one. Okay, but we're not going to back him to win the game at minus 200. We've got better odds because we're focusing on how in to start and also the fact that Cremonese can't score at all at home, Um, certainly in the first half at least. Daniele, explain your selection here. Inter to win the first half of minus 105. That's my tip because I think Inter needs a reaction and they need to be quick off the block. I would expect my strong reaction similar to the Super Cup game against uh, Milan if they are able to put aside the... Uh, the yeah, this Monday game against Empoli. Cremonese, we have to say, since they changed the manager and Ballardini is in charge, they become more solid. Uh, two draws, one at Napoli in Coppa Italia, one a penalty, one at Bologna, 1-1, one, one, although in the end the risk to lose. But again, uh, Carnesecchi, another great goalkeeper in Serie A, uh, saved them again. They need to start winning. I think Cremonese, if they have a very small chance of uh, getting saved this season, they will do it by not conceding many goals. They cannot just win games by outscoring teams. It's never going to happen. They need to be solid, and probably that's what Barlardini is going to do. I would imagine they will stick to a back five against Inter. They haven't beaten Inter, incidentally, since 1992. Uh, four of the last five of games for Cremonese have been under 2.5 goals because they cannot score. Inter to win the first half here, minus 105. They've won, uh, sorry, they've scored in the first half in Serie A away from home, seven of their nine games this season. And Cremonese haven't scored a home goal in the first half this season. As we know, they have struggled all campaign. We like Inter to win the first half at minus 105. You can back Inter to win the game, but it's a lot shorter odds at minus 200. Uh, and under two and a half goals is plus 112. Over is minus 115. Let's move on to uh, Milan against Sassuolo. Milan, short price, minus 225. Sassuolo, plus, uh, plus 600. Draw, plus 390. Over and under here, two and a half goals, minus 200 over, plus 145. Um, under. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Milan at the moment, uh, Daniele. They haven't won in their last five now. They've considered nine in their last three in all competitions. They were swept aside by Lazio. Lazio fully deserved that 4-0 success. Their expected goal of 3.1 uh, was uh, the joint highest that they've had all season long. Things not quite right at Milan at the moment? In true crisis. This is the worst period for Milan under uh, Stefano Pioli. 
linked to the fact that they haven't strengthened the team, or I think they thought they had strengthened the team, but the new signings have left no impact. Charles de Caterer had one assist in Serie A so far this season, and that was it. Origi had two goals, that's it. Serginho Dest is not a starter, Vranks is not a starter, so it's the same team as last season. Perhaps last season they overperformed, and I think the likes of uh, Calabria, uh, Benasser, uh, Ibrahim Diaz, they went over and above above and beyond what they actually do. And now they basically return to the mean a little bit. Leao has been enigmatic, very, very inconsistent. And I thought his form was going to kick on after the World Cup, but this is not the case. And um, the defense is leaking so many goals. No clean sheet in the last seven games. Tomori pick up an injury against Lazio. Lazio look fresher with more idea and you know, the, 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 the more proactive as well. Uh, Milan really, really slow off the block. Now there is the thought of signing Zaniolo to try and instill more uh, vigor in the attack or maybe Ziyech. They do need something. Look, Milan uh, project is very clear. They're going to always sign young players. They're going to develop them. Re- remember when they signed Leao four years ago, we only start seeing how good he was after the second year. So if the signings of Milan are going to be really good, we'll probably know it next season. But for this season, they are in danger of missing out on the Champions League, being the Italian champions. And they have a very difficult matchup with Tottenham in the Champions League. So there is still a long season uh, for them to go. They cannot just let it go. They were disappointing against Inter as well in the Super Cup, very slow of the block, lack of aggression there. So they won't change their style of, sign- of signing players, they won't change the style of recruitment, but they need to pick themselves up in the league uh, for sure. Uh, Mike Mannion, is there any sign of him coming back at the moment? Because I think even before the World Cup, there were sort of signs that, you, you know, reports that he might be coming back here because he is a very good keeper. He's going to be France number one when he's fit because Hugo Lloris is now retired, but it's a nagging calf injury. I don't think he's back for this weekend or is he? No, no, I don't think he is. I think it'll be, we're talking about the middle of February. Probably they'll try to get him back for the derby, 5th of February. Then there is the, the Spurs game in the Champions League. But yeah, they're going to, they're stuck with Tataruzano for a bit longer. And I think Tataruzano is an okay keeper, but he, ne- he doesn't have the distribution of Mike Magnan and the way he commands the defense. And you can tell, I mean, uh, he's been, he's, he's too many games uh, after one after each other. Yeah, it is a toll that is a price that they're going to pay. And I guess, as I said, yeah, last season they were keeping many more clean sheets. The season aren't. For this one, I think uh, Milan will probably win it, but I cannot see them win it with uh, no conceding goals. So I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals and both to score, which pays 120. So if Milan wins it, it's going to be a high-scoring game, a fairly high-scoring game, maybe a 2-1. I guess as a swallow side, that had a reaction against Monza. It was the first point of the new year. They could have actually won it. They're one of the biggest disappointments for me of the season because I was thinking the second season with Dionisi, they would have improved, uh, but they didn't. They kind of lost the style a little bit. They kind of lost a little bit of joy of playing. Uh, also, why they've been really disappointing. Only six points, only six goals scored. The last season, they were scoring all the time away. The last two away games, though, they've been both to score. They lost a Fiorentina. They had chances, 1-1 against Monza, as I said. So uh, considering the state Milan is and the way the Sassuola, in the end of the day, they're always going to play with a 4-3-3. They're going to always try to attack. They are not one of the best defences in Italy by any stretch of imaginations. I think it could be it could be a Milan win in a high-scoring game, but cover yourself, both, both to score over 2.5 goals, plus 120. Plus 120, BTTS, over two and a half goals. Milan, Sassuolo, that one Sunday. 
early Eastern, 6.30 a.m., 12.30 local final game. We're going to tackle before Daniele's parlay. is the big game of the weekend. It's Sunday, of course, 8.45 local, 2.45 p.m. Eastern in the U.S. It's Napoli against Roma. Napoli minus 134, Roma plus 390, draw plus 285. Everything is falling into place for Napoli to win the Scudetto. They are minus 800 and something. Last I looked, surely it is theirs to lose. Maybe only complacency can keep them from picking up the championship. But Jose Mourinho is the ultimate party pooper. And maybe Napoli will have a reality check this weekend. I don't know. Have Roma been sneaky good recently? Or is it the fact that they've just been playing teams that are a little bit mid-table and those sides towards the bottom of the league, Daniele? A bit of both. Uh, in the new year, they haven't played any big teams. This is the first one big test, but they play so far the likes of Bologna, the likes of Spezia, Fiorentina, they were down to 10 men, Genoa in the Coppa Italia. Uh, they, they play Milan away, to be fair, and they didn't they didn't do great, apart from the last 10 minutes when they, when they, when they scored two goals. They're unbeaten in nine games, Roma, but they've been playing better, I must say, since the... Dybala returned into full form, you can see the difference. Dybala is the spark, is the creativity, is the genius. And he, everything goes through him. And Abram, it seems like the break for the World Cup helped him to be, get fitter, to have a little bit more confidence. And yes, at the Spezia, they showed him. Uh, second place for Roma is inside. It's just one point away uh, from uh, Milan. They scored eight in the last five since uh, Dybala was back. Now, the only question mark I have with Roma is how much the Zaniolo affair is going to cause tension. The player wants to leave. Mourinho thinks he's still going to be there on the 1st of January. They cannot find a buyer at a reasonable price. We're looking at 30 millions. Milan might be interested. Newcastle might be interested. I think the player wants to stay in Italy anyway. It is a player that... uh, since the two cruciate ligament injuries has lost a lot of his... uh, well, the talent is still there, but the impact he's got on the game. He has lost the timing of the way he gets into the box. He seems a different player, but in a different team, maybe he could get better. However, if Roma manages to cash in on Zaniolo, they could go and buy a talented midfielder that could in, in get something more out of out of them. Because remember, they're still without Wijnaldum, and their midfield is very samey, uh, Matic, Cristante, you know, they're not the most creative players. So the likes of Fratesi, for example, from Sassuolo, could be a good buy. I know the, the, the player might want to go to Rome. They also talk about Ziyech a bit more up front. But yeah, uh, Roma are on the up, I would say. is a test because in, in big games this season, they've been partially uh, disappointing. If they do start the game the way they did at Milan against Milan without basically offering nothing, they're going to be swept aside. Um, Cavalacchia should be back for Napoli. He's got seven assists, Good. seven goals. He's been missing with flu recently. I mean, we know how important he is, but he's not the only creative and attacking force for Napoli. They've obviously still been winning without him. I mean, do you think Napoli will will win this game? I know it's not your selection, but if someone was just looking for an interest to win it, I mean, minus one thirty four for a side that's twelve points clear at the top is not the worst price in the world, is it? No, I think I, th- I think it's a good price. And they are definitely favourite. They are favourite with a reason. Uh, they showed in, few, in the last few weeks after losing to Inter that they picked themselves up. Very professional display against Salernitana. They beat Juventus. We all know the way they did. They took the chances uh, really well. And they do score a lot of goals at home. They are top scorers in Serie A. Uh, 47 goals scored. 
yes, I mean, obviously, the, the bet for Napoli to win would definitely make sense. Uh, these are two both good defenses. 14 goal conceded for Napoli, 16 goal conceded for Roma. Although Napoli defense lately hasn't really um, convinced me too much. Uh, remember the way they were defeated at Inter. I think the goal was avoidable. Meret made a big save against Salernitana, against Piontek. They conceded two against Cremonese in Coppa Italia. There are some cracks that start, start to emerge. I mean, again, it's the great work of Spalletti that is getting the players to overperform. If I look at the likes of Mario Rui, uh, the likes of uh, Lobotka, the same Rachmani, they are well above uh, the level that they showed uh, last season. Now, Napoli are on 50 points at the moment. We need to take the, we need to get our calculator out and understand why they cannot lose it. There are 19 games to play. Even if they manage to collect two points per game, so they end up with 88, right? 50 plus 88. Now, Milan are on 39. So in order for them to beat, they need to collect 50 points in the last 19 games, which is basically the same points that Napoli have done so far. Can they do it? No. I don't think they can. <laughs> Inter need to collect 51 points. They need to do more better than Napoli to be above them. So Napoli are definitely not... I don't think they're going to make 100 points this season. They're not going to make maybe 95 points either. But 88, 90 points will be well enough for them to win uh, the title. It will be daft for Spalletti not to make some turnovers and not to target the game against Antra Frankfurt in the Champions League because they got a great chance to manage their resources and probably get to the end of both competitions with great chances of, well, obviously winning the title and being in the Champions League, perhaps till the end. I can't think about any teams that, you know, at the moment are as good as Napoli in Europe as we speak. For this one... I think it's going to be an open game. I think if Napoli score first, it could be a similar game as the Juventus one. If they take the lead early, it could finish 3-1, 4-1, 4-2. It could be very open. If it's cagey, if the first 30 minutes are nil-nil, maybe you might want to look at the under as an in-play. I'm going to go for both to score and over 2.5 goals plus 150. Like that, watch the first 20 minutes. Every single game is streamed live, of course, on the Bet Rivers app as well. So if it is KG, you can get out, you can take a different view, as Danielli has explained. We're going to finish with a parlay. Three matches involved, including the Juventus Monza game. Danielli, talk us through your parlay for the weekend in Serie A. First selection, Atalanta-Sampdoria. I'm going to go for the home win, for the Atalanta win. Atalanta, as I mentioned, they look electric. Lockman is in great form, already scored 11 goals, scored 22 goals in the last five games. And uh, they are three points behind the second place, Milan. They were never going to be the master of defences. We knew that. I think now Gasperini has found the right man in the right places. They're getting the best out of Lukman, out of Hoylund, out of Boga. And this is a team that uh, is on the up. Sampdoria missed a lot of chances against Udinese. Got punished. No goals for for Sampdoria in the last four. They're always going to lose. You know, They never keep clean sheets. Score only one goal Sampdoria in, out of the last nine games so you know and they go there with a lot of injuries probably Gabriadini and Sabiri are out so for this one I go Atalanta Sampdoria Atalanta win okay that's the first leg second leg does involve Juventus Juventus Monza over 1.5 goals as explained early I expect Juventus to be more proactive to play more on attack they play against Monza was a very well coached side Palladino 
often make changes that affect games. It is a team that's got a very good structure, good way of moving the ball, moving the ball, can score goals against top teams, always scoring the last six games. I'm expecting a game where Juventus has to go for it, has to show the pride, has to show the fight if they want to get into, into Europe, of, of course. So it's going to be an open game probably similar to the one we saw in Coppa Italia a few days ago, finished to one with a great goal from uh, Federico Chiesa. Over 1.5 goals. It's coaches, I know, but, you know, you combine into a parlay. So first selection, Atalanta win. Second selection, Juve Monza, over 1.5 goals. And we're like over one and a half in Lazio, Fiorentina. Lazio are fantastic. You can always see goals at the moment with Lazio, can't you? Yes, you can always see them and seven on wins. Uh, even without Immobile, they were really good against Milan. You can really see proper Sarri blueprint at times, the way they interchange the ball on, on, on the wings, the way they attack in, with three, four players. And, uh, you know, in front of the goal, the passes, it's really good to watch. Anderson is in great form, goals in all the last five four games. Fiorentina, I mentioned earlier, stepped backwards against uh, Torino. They got a midweek again against Torino at home, the quarterfinals. The only question mark I have with this one is that the fixtures and the calendar have been particularly unkind to to Lazio because Fiorentina played the last game on Saturday night. Lazio played it on Tuesday night and now they meet on Sunday afternoon in Rome. How fair is that? They got three days less of rest. So maybe if you want to think about you know Lazio definitely winning it there might be a little bit of fatigue uh, kicking in but no doubt about this could be at least a game with with two goals I think so Lazio Fiorentina over 1.5 goals so the selections are Atlanta win Juve Monza over 1.5 goals Lazio Fiorentina over 1.5 goals all together plus 113 plus 113 if you're following that treble that parlay over the course of the weekend uh, Serie A is plus 891, incidentally, if you are interested in the handicappers table, Liga and Premier League still topping the charts, but we are going well uh, when it comes to uh, the Serie A this season with Daniele's selections. Let's just get a reminder of the other picks over the course of this weekend. We've got uh, Empoli against Torino, both teams to score yes at minus 109. Cremonese against Inter, Inter to win the first half there, minus 105. Milan against Sassuolo, both teams to score over two and a half goals, plus 120. In the same bet in the big game of the weekend, Napoli-Roma, both teams to score on over two and a half goals. That one, uh, plus 150. Just one final one before we let you go, Daniele. This is on Napoli. We just talked about how difficult it's going to be for the chasing pack to catch Napoli, given how many points that they've got and the amount of points they are clear at the top of the standings, 12 points. They can manage their fixtures. They can manage their schedule from here to the end of the season. They're out of the Coppa Italia. Obviously, that game against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Champions League last 16 stage. They're plus 1,300 for the Champions League. Is that a bet, do you think? That could be a bet, couldn't it? We've got Man City favourites plus 180. Then Bayern Munich plus 700. I know this is the Serie A show. I'm just, I'm th- just thinking out loud, uh, out loud. Could Napoli win the Champions League? Plus 1,300. Are they a value play? They are based on the form that they showed in the group stages. They were fantastic. Five wins, one defeat in the game that didn't count. Find me a, a team that played better football in the group stages than Napoli. I don't think there is. However, that was months ago, and there's been a World Cup in the middle, so I can understand why the price is so high. Look, it depends. If they wrap up the league early, 
they are definitely a value in the Champions League. But Napoli hasn't won the league since uh, 1990. And there is, and maybe it could kick on the same mentality when Liverpool won the league in the pandemic year. Do you remember? They were so yeah. far away in the table and then they lost to Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. And I thought, why is it Klopp not making turnover in the league and obviously putting a bit more efforts in the Champions League, whereas they was playing always a strong team in the, in the league? Is the, is the pride, is the history... Is the league means a lot to Napoli as it meant a lot to Liverpool in 2020. So maybe, maybe it could be a distraction for the Champions League. But, you know, it is it is speculation. But, you know, in terms of the way they play and in terms of the pa- firepower they got up front, they are definitely a value. Obviously, we need to see, we need to see what kind of draw. But one between PSG and Bayern Munich going to get knocked out. And one between yeah. Liverpool and Real Madrid as well. And and they are both in front of Napoli in the market. This is the I- intriguing thing. As far as the Scherzetto is concerned, certainly Napoli, obviously, we know they're in pole uh, position. We like both teams has gone over for their game against Roma uh, this weekend. Daniele, thanks for your company. Has ever been fantastic. Um, that indeed wraps up the betting weekly extra time Serie edition. We're going to be back ahead of week 21 and make sure you're across all of our Bet Rivers podcasts at Because We Win. We'll see you next week. See you later. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.